Good day, everyone. It's a beautiful day in the Psyche community. Welcome to Psyche Podcast. You are here with your podcast hosts, Dr. Zamika Simmons-Yan, Jackie Canning, and Heathen Patadia, where we will spill the tea on hot topics in psychiatry. That's right. Here on Psyche Podcast, you will get the 10-minute lowdown on what's steaming in the world of psychiatry and mental health. As many of our listeners know, there are thousands of mental health resources on PsyQ.org, and they are free and available to you as a member. We also know everyone has busy schedules and time is of the essence, but we all want to keep up with the latest and the greatest updates in the world of mental health, right? So that's why we're here on PsyQ Podcasts. Your hosts will give you the 10-minute lowdown of mental health hot topics that are featured on PsyQ.org. We have another treat for you. You can always look in the show notes of each podcast and find the links to the full webinars, interviews, and presentations that we discuss from PsyQ.org. So, we ask you to listen to PsyQ podcasts, rate us, and review us. Better yet, Share the PsyQ podcast with your friends where we all can sip on the PsyQ tea and maybe have a side of lemon with it. Well, I hope the PsyQ community is filled with excitement because we have a lot of tea to spill. We, the hosts, would like to introduce ourselves since this is your first time joining us. So, Dr. Jackie Canning, I will turn it over to you to start. Thank you, Dr. Simmons Young. Hello, everybody. I'm Jackie Canning, and I'm a medical science liaison, which is also known as MSL, for the Otsuka Field Medical Affairs. And some of you may be wondering, what is an MSL? So let me explain it to you. Otsuka's Field Medical Affairs facilitates the translation and the dissemination of key scientific, clinical, health, economic, or outcomes research information to key stakeholders within the healthcare system. MSLs are the local extension and face of medical affairs in the field with clinical investigators, academic centers, medical institutions, healthcare providers, payers, et cetera. We consist of a variety of different professionals, including physicians, um, PhDs, PharmDs, nurse practitioners, et cetera, all with comprehensive clinical, scientific, and research backgrounds. Specifically, my background is I'm a pharmacist by training. I completed a doctor of pharmacy degree and a couple of residencies, one in which was in psychiatric pharmacy. This allowed me to become a board-certified psychiatric pharmacist. I practiced as a mid-level practitioner in the VA system, which was me prescribing, not dispensing, which might be new for some of you when you're thinking of a pharmacist. And I was also in academia with the VA as my clinical practice before joining Otsuka's MSL team. So now I'll turn it back over to one of my co-hosts, Dr. Simmons Yan. Why don't you tell us about yourself? Yes, Jackie, and thank you to our listeners. As stated, my name is Amika Simmons Yan. And as for my background, well, right out of college, my first career was as an organic chemist. Yes, test tubes and burners used to be my best friends. But subsequently, I pursued a PharmD, and I've worked in various clinical and community pharmacy settings, and I've even had a little stint in academia. 
I then went to get my PhD in pharmaceutical outcomes and policy and also completed a postdoc in health services research. And prior to my current position with OTSCA, I was the pharmacy director for a mental health and addiction hospital. So enough about me, Dr. Heathen Patadia. Please tell our listeners about your background and current role. Thanks, Dr. Simmons-Yan, I appreciate that. My name is Dr. Heathen Patadia, and my position's a little bit different. So I am a managed market liaison here at OTSCA in field medical affairs. Uh, as a managed market liaisons, we work primarily with key public and private payers, such as Medicaid, Medicare plans in the, in the public space, as well as commercial and health plans in the private payer space. I am a pharmacist by training, and as an MML, our role is to provide clinical and economic information to our payer customers. My previous role was a clinical account executive at a large PBM in the United States where I managed formulary and other utilization initiatives for my customers and clients. All right now, so let's spill the tea on this week's hot topic in psychiatry. Yep, for the next 10 minutes, we will be talking about stress, burnout, and your self-care. What better way to start off the new year? especially when everyone has new perspectives and resolutions. And in the spirit of our hot topic on PsychU, there are amazing webinars and presentations on managing mental health during and in the aftermath of a pandemic, as well as on avoiding burnout in healthcare. And you can locate the links in the show notes. But Dr. Jackie, how about you give us a preview to the impact of this pandemic and the different sources of stress. Please spill the tea. Thanks. I, I appreciate that intro into this topic because I think this is all really near and dear to all of our hearts. We're, we're all feeling this at some way, shape, or form, right? So let's talk a little bit about the emotional phases of a disaster and, and the roller coaster that we've all been going through since the beginning of 2020. And so there's that pre-disaster portion of time where we kind of have the warning that a threat is coming and, and our emotional um, roller coaster kind of starts heading down, unfortunately. And then there's the actual impact. So COVID hit or if it was a hurricane. So I'm in Florida and, and unfortunately, a lot of times the impact is a hurricane for us. So, you know, the hurricane hits or, or COVID reaches your state. Um, or your city or your county or town, and you kind of hit a low at that point. And then there is this emotional high that begins to build in the roller coaster. And this is kind of that heroic phase where, you know, all the community comes together to try to help with the emergency or the disaster. So if it's a hurricane, it's your first responders and volunteers coming in and neighbors pulling together to help each other out. And it's kind of the honeymoon phase, that community cohesion. And then after that, as the disaster wears on, the cleanup or, you know, the continued infection rates and the death toll, et cetera, the emotional roller coaster starts to take a dip again. And you have the disillusionment. And sometimes there's some trigger events. They reach some sort of milestone in the number of deaths for COVID or um, the loss within the hurricane, et cetera. And you have a lot of disillusionment. And then the emotional roller coaster starts to build up again, and you may have 
you know, maybe it's a time, right around the time of the anniversary of the event and you have some anniversary reactions and that may dip in the emotional roller coaster again. And then there's the reconstruction, the new beginning that happens as the community starts to recover. And that takes the emotional roller coaster back up and it's, as it starts to build up. And unfortunately, right now in the pandemic, we're not exactly in the reconstruction phase yet. We are still um, working through it, trigger events, disillusionment, et cetera. So let's talk a little bit about the source of the stress. So I mentioned a couple, the pandemic obviously is, is the biggest thing right now going on with us in the news and media, just bombarding us all the time. Um, but there's, you know, usually four that we look at in psychiatry on the stress meter. And the first is uh, life threat. So due to some sort of experience or exposure, you know, to intense injury, something horrific or gruesome experience or death. And so COVID definitely counts in this, the coronavirus. Um, a lot of your individuals with PTSD, this is usually the defining trigger for them. Um, and or number two, it could be loss, a grief injury. So due to the loss of people, things are part of your own self. So either maybe it's an amputation, you lose a body limb, you lose a loved one, or, you know, unfortunately, in this pandemic and the economic crisis that it's causing, maybe you lose your whole financial business, or your home, or, or you know, you have to file for bankruptcy. So loss would be number two for source of stress. And then there's the inner conflict. So number three, some sort of moral injury. And this is due to behaviors or witnessing of behaviors that violate your moral values. And so it could be, you know, within your company, you're witnessing something horrific that goes against your moral or ethical values or in your community or um, any, any variety of things can fit under this one. And that moral injury is really what's causing the source of your stress. And then the fourth and final one we're gonna talk about is that wear and tear injury, uh, a fatigue injury. And so essentially it's that accumulation of stress from all sources over time without sufficient rest or recovery, which I think if you don't fit under the first three, at this point in the pandemic, many people fit under this fourth one, this fatigue injury. We're all feeling it wearing on us at this point. And so as we go through this, I really want you all thinking about where you are right now in that emotional roller coaster I was discussing a few minutes ago with the emotional phases. Are you disillusioned? Are you in that honeymoon phase where your community is pulling together? And then think about your sources of stress. Is it a traumatic injury? Is it a grief injury? Is it a moral injury? Is it a fatigue injury? And then decide where are you on that stress continuum? Are you in the green, feeling ready to go well? Are you in the yellow where you're reacting, um, but you have resiliency and coping factors that easily bring you back to green? Are you in the orange or the red, so injured or ill? And it takes a little bit more to get you back to, to ready and well. Um, so I'm going to turn it over now to Heathen. So Heathen, tell us a little bit about when we're in that orange or that red or even yellow and we're reacting. You know, what's going on in our brain? What areas of the brain are reacting and what exactly is going on? Thanks, Jackie. Yeah, when we think about the brain, you know, all these external stimuli are definitely impacting us in, in interesting ways. So how, so how does chronic stress affect our brain? Well. In our brain, we have the ability to make new connections which shape pathways in our brain. And it's generally referred to as synaptic 
neuroplasticity. It's documented that chronic stress changes the ability for our brain to adapt, causing sometimes a decrease in connection and in other times an increase in connection. And it, depending on where that impact is, can have a large consequence to how we're taking stress into ourselves. So there are four parts of the brain that I want to highlight, the hippocampus, the amygdala, the prefrontal cortex, and the hypothalamus. So in the hippo hippocampus, uh, that's our learning and our memory uh, section of our brain. And chronic stress can affect this by increasing and decreasing the level of neurons, which can result in memory issues and actually also cause it to become difficult to learn new things um, in this chronic stress environment. In the amygdala, which is responsible for emotion, aggression, and fear, chronic stress can activate the amygdala, allowing a heightened response to emotional uh, and to emotions. In the prefrontal cortex, so this is the long-term planning, the behavioral inhibition, and the cognitive flexibility part of our brain. And chronic stress can actually change the complexity in this region, resulting in reduced output to other regions by removing the break, quote unquote, and allowing the other parts of the brain to overreact to the stimuli that are being uh, sent out by the prefrontal cortex. And the hypothalamus, so the hypothalamus is a master regulator, which regulates things like metabolism, growth, reproduction, and actually also stress response. So now when you have chronic stress, this can, uh, this can cause a burnout sensation in the regulation of the hippocampus, which actually relates to the reduce and the reduction and the ability to respond to certain signals and creating the sense of insensitivity uh, to important cues uh, in, in, the in the response to stress. So Amika, I want to turn it over to you. Could you walk us through a couple of ways that we could manage stress and chronic stress? Yes, you know, I think self-awareness is the key, Heathen, to avoiding burnout given what everyone has been through. And the goal is to promote well-being. So basically taking stock of your own tank is so very important. And we have to ask ourselves, what is in our resilience reservoir? Is our coping tank being depleted with sources of stress? sleep deprivation, some type of loss, or even work dissatisfaction. You know, if the coping tank is being depleted, we have to take inventory and incorporate things that replenish our resilience reservoir, like health activities, social support and personal time off, or it may be more intellectual stimulation and, and mentorship. Regardless, understanding what drains your tank and what replenishes it is so very important for resilience and coping. You know, currently, I think we can all agree that every level of our lives is impacted by COVID-19. You know, this pandemic and even other societal factors have disrupted and challenged how we work, socialize, and even how we think. So I think it's now more than ever so important to find strategies on how to combat these stressors and overcome levels of suffering to establish hope and, and well-being. And that means that self-care is a big thing. 
And there are a lot of strategies out there. Even the APA has developed a list of strategies specifically for healthcare professionals during this pandemic. You can even go to psyq.org or go to the link in the show notes to view the, the full list. But these are strategies for your own self-care. This list, I would like to note, is not so much prescriptive, but more of a reminder to us that the basics are imperative. And yes, we see these strategies repeated everywhere. So I don't want us to get numb to them because they are the fundamental ways that we can maintain our own mental health and well-being. So just to briefly capture a few of the strategies from the list, one is as a health provider, you have to take action against anxiety. So it's, it's okay to recognize that you're anxious, but it's even better to step toe-to-toe with the stressor and positively frame the outlook. Another strategy is remembering to pace yourself. I know that I am consistently hearing from providers that they have had more work during this pandemic while working from home than they did when they were in the office. And we don't want burnout, so we have to pace ourselves. This is not a sprint, it's a marathon. Other strategies that are listed include remembering to purposely breathe, relax, take breaks very often, and and stay in the moment. And we can't forget about our good health habits. Sleeping well, eat well, exercise, learn, and love. And I personally have had to go above and beyond with self-care. I've been journaling and painting more. I've taken spontaneous long walks in the middle of the day. And unbelievably, I've even tried yoga. Now, that was a big flop for me, but I did get a big laugh out of it. And when thinking about work, self-care also involves maintaining positive connections and promoting teamwork. But still yet, you want to maintain some level of structure while also being flexible. With all of these shifts in society, It's okay for us to ponder on the uncertainty and the current lack of control that we all face. How we think about it and how we frame it, it's going to help us build resilience and have a positive outlook. But we have to engage in self-care strategies. It's a must. So I say try the yoga, even if you fell at it like I did. But self-care has to be on the top of your list because as we come out of this, our health providers need to be well. So there you have it. You've heard it for yourself right here on the PsyQ podcast. But you don't have to stop here. Definitely check out our show notes for the links to more resources on today's discussion on PsyQ.org. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more hot topics right here on our podcast, please rate and review us. And also please subscribe so you can always get the new episode whenever it drops. Check out our other social media platforms as well, like Twitter and YouTube. So until next time, thank you for listening, everyone, and have a great day.